Hello and welcome to the CGF Sustainability Podcast Series. My name is Louise Chester and I work in the communications team at the Consumer Goods Forum. In this series, we take a deep dive into all things sustainability, from forced labour to plastic waste, deforestation, food waste and refrigeration. Today, I'm joined by Yerki Talvati, Senior Advisor on Sustainability at Russian retailer and CGF member Magnet. I wanted to take this opportunity to chat to Yerki about how things are progressing on the sustainability front in Russia, and also find out more about Magnet's work on food waste and health. They have actually just launched the local chapter of the Collaboration for Healthier Lives Coalition of Action in Russia, so this is perfect timing. Hello, Yerki. Thank you so much for joining me today on the CGF podcast. How are you today? Hi, Louise. Well, thanks for having us, the world. And, and I'm great. Thanks. Good, good, good. So maybe we could start with talking a bit more about the sustainability landscape in Russia. I would like to know whether perhaps there has been an increase in awareness on the topic in recent years. Could you tell me a bit more? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, sustainability, it's quite a recent phenomenon in, in Russia, but the awareness is growing uh, quite fast. I mean, we've been behind if you compare it to, you know, Europe or, or the US, uh, but it's getting there now. And if you look at the different, different elements or different uh, groups, so I think it's driven very much now by the consumers and very much the uh, social media coverage of the whole topic. It's becoming very popular in Russia as well. Um, and very the, the consumers are looking at, you know, uh, living, uh, food security, nutrition values, uh, plastics, uh, and, and the whole problem. Um, with the consumers, though, I, like fairness is, is uh, quite high right now. It's not quite yet uh, at the point where they are ready to where their mouth is, i.e., if you still look at the, the um, purchase. Uh, patterns and habits of the consumers, they haven't changed yet that much. Then if you look at the uh, corporates, um, and uh, there, I think uh, the drivers are a little bit different. I mean, it's obviously the consumers from one side, but it's also the the uh, international investors uh, of, of the uh, listed Russian companies, because in most cases, Russian companies, if they're listed, they're uh, very uh, well owned by international investors. Are used to driving ESG issues uh, with their uh, investments in, in various countries. So it, it starts very much from there. But then um, I think the corporates have also w- woken up uh, very much to look at this as okay, this actually is something that is not only should be a tick the box exercise for investors, but this actually is something that will help us um, gain traction with our consumers, uh, but also our employees as well. And I think the third part is the authorities, the government. Um, they've really activated in the last uh, few years, uh, but there's still a long way to go as, as we're starting from a very low point. And I think the thing that really woke up the, uh, the authorities is the whole waste management issue, uh, which had, has become uh, quite critical in, in, in Russia. Um, and, and the problem, of course, is that when you start from zero, you have no recycling plants, you don't have no recycling schemes. Uh, and so on and so on. So there's a lot of infrastructure to to build. So I'd say we are to a good start. Trajectory is good, but there's to do. 
Okay, super. Thank you. That's very interesting and good to hear that things are starting to, to move in the right direction. So perhaps then you could tell me um, more about your work at Magnet on sustainability. What's it, what are you currently working on? Yeah, no, um, we started, uh, like I said, a lot of corporates started uh, initially a few years ago uh, from the uh, kind of impulse that was given from the, uh, the uh, um, investors um, and we're no different. And we started to really look at this, but also then really, really talk to a lot of our other stakeholders, a lot of consumers, a lot of our employees. So what is it that really matters to the stakeholders? What should we be doing? Um, and we launched our, our strategy a year and a half ago with uh, up to 25. Um, so again, uh, we didn't want to do a, too long of a strategy, which then would kind of lose uh, relevance and focus in the short term. But we, we looked at uh, five focus areas. So we were looking at the environment, chain, employees, um, envir uh, sorry, uh, communities, and healthy living, and really looked at each of those areas put quite ambitious uh, targets for 2025, and then kind of started the, the uh, real work with uh, uh, integrating the, the whole ESG thinking um, into, into the organization and into the, the business process. Um, so we're now uh, 18 different working groups uh, in those uh, five focus areas and really trying to um, drive, it, drive it into the organization and drive the change into the organization. And I have to say that after a year and a half, I'm very pleasantly surprised how well the, uh, the employees are um, uh, kind of adapting to this or, or adopt actually the whole ESG topic. And then there's quite a lot of enthusiasm um, to, to uh, go forward with this. That's very interesting that you mentioned that health is one of those kind of five pillars of your work on sustainability. I was only speaking uh, yesterday with a colleague about how more and more companies really are integrating their work on the topic of health into their bigger sustainability strategy, whereas before maybe it was a, a separate piece. But those things obviously go completely hand in hand um, together. So you mentioned progress there. Are there any barriers to success that you feel are potentially holding you back from driving progress on, on these five different topic areas? Um, obviously, uh, you can't take us away from the environment that we operate in. And, yes. and as saying in, in the beginning, that Russia as a whole, as a country, as infrastructure, um, is still kind of taking its first steps in, in this area as well. So there are very many things that you know, even if we'd like to do, even if we'd like to say that, you know, a year from now, we want to um, have all of the plastics that comes out of, of our operations to be recyclable. If there are no recycling plants, um, you know, that's neither here or there then. Um, so there are these things that we have to um, grow and develop uh, at the pace as the environment allows us to. But of course, everything. Um, there are some uh, outdated legislation, for instance, that uh, I think uh, only us, but the other market participants are working on to change things like what was very good, uh, you know, 25 years ago and was enacted as uh, to to um, for that food security and food safety high level for consumers, which meant that uh, you know if if things are starting to expire, you you are not allowed. To, uh, do anything with it you have to throw it away you can't uh, food banks you can't give it to uh, animal feed or anything like that 
and uh, um, is much more uh, safe and and, and uh, secure for the consumers. Now that's a hindrance for us to be able to do something with waste. Um, another example is that you can't use recycled any food wrappings uh, according to the legislation, which mm. again was a very good legislation at the time. Um, but now as uh, the packaging and everything has developed, uh, you know, way far uh, ahead of what it was then and is very safe. Uh, but again, we're working on, you know, uh, with the authorities to get these things changed one by one. I think another um, thing, um, of course, is the infrastructure that I already said, uh, which you can't really, really uh, grow faster than. It. And a third thing I think, which is uh, specific for us, is, is just the size of our business. And I wouldn't say that's a barrier, but it's just a lot of a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a factor that we just have to kind of you know go through because you know we have three hundred and ten thousand employees. 22,000 stores, 6,000 trucks, uh, and uh, um, 17 different production facilities that uh, produce food. So, you know, to get kind of the whole ESG thinking, the business processes changed and then getting the thinking into the whole organization is just, it just takes time. Uh, There's no way to do it overnight or over the weekend. I mean, I think those are the... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Little things that uh, are uh, keeping me awake at night. Yes, I can imagine. I can imagine that is rather a lot. <laughs> um, so you you started to actually mention then some of the barriers to success of the, the, compl- the complex nature of your work on food waste. I know that you and Magnus are involved with our the CGF's Coalition of Action on Food Waste. I would love to hear more about your strategy on that topic, if you could share a bit more. Yeah, no, we were very happy to uh, um, join the coalition uh, last year and are really uh, benefiting from the, the ideas and, and uh, work that has been done by uh, our colleagues uh, internationally. And so it's, it's been a really, really good learning curve. Um, here again, we, we have a kind of twofold approach to it. Uh, the first one, which is uh, something that we can uh, very much um, uh, control, ourselves. we really looked at our business processes, uh, looked at how we work with the suppliers um, and then also engage the suppliers to help us in this and how to actually avoid uh, food waste of, of, uh, or, you know, food expire and, and uh, becoming waste. And actually had really, really good results a year and a half. So our food waste uh, is down 30%. Um, and, and that is something we're very, very proud of. That's wonderful. Uh, the problem we have is <clears throat> what to do with the 30% that we still have. Uh, and um, that, like I said, we, uh, we're working very closely with authorities to try to, to convince uh, changes in, in uh, regulations that uh, you're allowed to, uh, you know, donate it to uh, food bank type uh, facilities. Or we, we have now several uh, pilot projects uh, the authorities are monitoring very closely and, and um, donating the food to, to animal feed uh, production. Um, so. It's still, it's still kind of on the pilot uh, phase and we're still kind of, uh, you know, working closely with the authorities and they're monitoring and uh, hopefully they, they will kind of give uh, or loosen up the regulations uh, going forward mm-hmm. so we to a much bigger scale. But uh, um, like I said, the first thing, the first part is something that we're very happy to 
um, have great results there, uh, but we're pushing very hard to, to be able to do something with 70% uh, as, as well that actually is still uh, food waste. Well, that sounds like you're making some very positive strides forward on the topic. So uh, I know that you're also very active um, with the, the CGF's Collaboration for Healthier Lives Coalition of Action. I know that there's there's been a big uh, launch recently of CHL in Russia and you've been very heavily involved. Maybe you could tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Um, the Healthy Living, we, we kind of... Um, uh, took as our one of our kind of pilot uh, bigger projects uh, last year due to the fact that, um, like I said in the beginning, the consumer awareness uh, concerning sustainability uh, is highest when you when you look at uh, healthy living, when you look at nutrition, uh, food security, and and uh, and so on. So that's easy for us to to then uh, kind of enforce that or and and, and uh, work on that because we already have the kind of consumers. Uh, attention to it. So uh, what we did is that when we joined the um, Healthy Living Coalition uh, at CGF uh, last year, uh, we uh, learned for a few months and then uh, absorbed as much as we could. And then we approached uh, um, other, uh, CGF uh, members, uh, suppliers that work in Russia and uh, initiated uh, that we should start uh, the uh, local chapter of the uh, Coalition for Healthy Living in Russia. And uh, we've worked since uh, November, December in uh, putting together the, uh, the charter, what we want to do, started the planning. And uh, uh, on April 15th, we uh, launched uh, with a, with a uh, bigger event uh, in, in Russia. And uh, we've had uh, also... Uh, the support from the authorities, so Institute of Nutrition, the Consumer um, Protection Agency, and so on. And uh, so it got a very good, very good response. And uh, now we're in the phase of uh, um, planning the, the, uh, how we're going to uh, um, implement this. And it, it basically is about things. One is raising the awareness uh, of consumers of, of, you know, is uh, healthy living starting from a balanced diet, uh, but then also going to things like oral care, um, uh, skin care, uh, mental care, physical education, uh, and even pet care, which, you know, is if you look at the last uh, year and a half of, of the uh, virus uh, around the world, uh, pet care is almost like mental care. Um, so it's uh, a lot of things that the healthy living in, and we're in the next couple of years, uh, we'll be we'll be doing step by step all these different parts um, of, of uh, uh, healthy living that uh, our partner us are interested in uh, in promoting, and uh, so it's awareness, but then it's also uh, increasing the availability of products so that uh, and especially in the regions of Russia, not just the uh, you know little cities of Moscow and St. Petersburg, but around around the uh, uh, regions that there's a good availability of, of healthy products. And thirdly, just uh, also to engage with other stakeholders um, to, to, again, build a bigger coalition so that the more we work together, the more we'll be able to uh, get the message through and, and uh, the kind of consumers on the healthy living uh, bandwagon. Yes. It's not only consumers, by the way, it's also a very big part of it is uh, 
uh, about employee care. Uh-huh. Same things we do uh, for the consumers, we, we also do internally. And, and I think internally even more, uh, we look at also mental and physical education because that's, of course, something we can affect uh, more with our employees than our consumers. Absolutely. So you started to talk there, Yerky, about um, collaboration with other with other retailers and, and manufacturers. So obviously that's totally at the heart of what we do at the at the CGF and our, with our coalitions of action. So why why for you has coming together with uh, other CGF members as part of these coalitions been so important? And do you think that that has helped your success on these different topics? It's crucial. Um... Nobody can solve these issues alone. And um, also it's been extremely helpful in a way that because the international players, multinational players are far ahead of us in, in the whole sustainability uh, kind of processing and thing. So uh, our learning curve has been extremely, um, having been able to, to uh, liaise with the uh, Consumer Goods Forum and its members. Um, and you know we saved a huge amount of time uh, in getting up to date, you know, and, and also hearing from other countries what works, what doesn't work. Uh, and of course, countries are different, so you can't always take exactly uh, what, what has been done in other countries. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it helps a lot. It, it just has been uh, tremendously good. And um, these, uh, the Healthy Living Coalition that we uh, launched with the seven multinational uh, suppliers, again, it's, it's their kind of... Um, sustainability process has been going on for years and then they've helped us a lot. Uh, so it's a very good uh, combination and the suppliers and the retailers working together, um, especially in a, in a, in a country where, where it's uh, just evolving. Good, good, good. I'm so glad that is, that is the ultimate aim, of course. <laughs> so I like to end uh, the podcast with asking a little bit more of a personal question. And seeing as this is the sustainability series, I wondered whether you could share any ways in which you yourself uh, make an effort to live sustainably. Uh, I don't know whether things have changed for you since uh, COVID came along. W- what do you do, Yerky? Yeah, I think it's... Uh... It is interesting uh, how it does affect when, when you're working with sustainability and it, it just increases your awareness uh, of the things you can do and, and the choices and, and you make. And, uh, and also, it also affects you also kind of subconsciously in a way that you notice that, for instance, your buying habits, you're, you're buying more healthy. Um, you're looking at products that have less packaging or no packaging. You're looking for, okay, is this locally produced or, or not? So I think this, that's the biggest change is, is the change in your kind of mentality and, and awareness. That, uh, these things exist, they matter, and, and then you start looking for it. Um, recycling is another thing. You really start looking at how, how are you, uh, what is your own kind of mini waste management uh, and, and uh, how that affects and, and so on. Um, the COVID, that, the big thing how it has affected me is that uh, because I, I uh, commute to work or commuted before COVID uh, with three flights to get to work and three flights to come back. Goodness uh, me, for, that is one. I think you win the prize for the uh, longest yeah, commute. <laughs> sustainable thing is that uh, going from 300 flights a year to zero flights a year uh, was the, uh, the uh, biggest thing. My That's my huge. Personal uh, uh, carbon footprint. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
And do you think that going forwards now, uh, you you will, you know, if things do go back to some sort of normal, will you keep working at home more often or will you go back to commuting eventually? No, it'll, it'll, it'll be mostly working from home. Um, okay. Um, so, you know, yes, I will have to go to, to the office uh, every yes. couple of months, but uh, mostly I can work from home. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared with me today on the, on the podcast. It was really interesting to hear more about Magnet's work and it sounds like it's going from strength to strength. So all the best to you and thank you again. Thank you, Louise. It was a pleasure. If you would like to find out more about the Consumer Goods Forum and our work on food waste and healthier lives, you can visit our website at www.theconsumergoodsforum.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to the podcast for more episodes coming very shortly. Thank you and bye for now.